The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Nerds, discover your geeky haven with Toink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toying.com. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is a stream freedom audio bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek and myself, Mike. How you doing, Derek? Not bad, except uh, now I'm dealing with all the rain you guys sent up my way. Hey, not my problem. <laughs> not anymore. I, I saw a meme showing that in 2004, when we had the three hurricanes, in that was two weeks of each other, from Charlie to Gene was 43 days. Well, this summer we went Hurricane Ian to Nicole, 43 days. And they almost took wow. exact paths of each other. It's wild. Uh, check out the homepage, WeBeGeeks.net. On the right-hand side, support our affiliates, such as Biddy Boomers. Use code WeBeGeeks for 15% off your Biddy Boomer Bluetooth 1-inch and now... They're Go Bigger Biddy Boomer 8-inch speakers. They are awesome. Derek and I love ours. Uh, well, we have the small ones. I, I want to see yeah. the 8-inch one to see what it's like. Also, too, use mm. code WINGEEKS15 for 15% off your purchase at toink.com, where you, too, and I'll, I'll grab the pick this week, Derek. I know I, because you had it last week. Duh. Never mind. Um. <laughs> Yep. My pick of the week, I'm going with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Blind Box 3-inch Action Vinyl Series 1 figure. <laughs> and that makes our guest happy because it's from yeah. the Loyal Subjects, <laughs> which is gr- which is why I tied it in. Um, again, use code WINGEEKS15 for 15% off your, your purchase at Toink. And the voice that you heard chuckling is Jonathan Cathy. Yeah. From who is the founder of the Loyal Subjects? Yeah. I started this out of a, uh, a bedroom in a West Hollywood bungalow, uh, 2009. No and, one. Uh, 
No wonder you're yeah, working with Toink. <laughs> no, no wonder you're working with Toink because uh, they start off the same way out yeah, of yeah. the I mean, college dorm typical, rooms. Right. Typical entrepreneur story. You know, just have, have an idea and just kind of go for it and see what happens. So how, how did you get started? Well, what led you to want to start the loyal subjects? Because you just said you just started in the in the bedroom, um, you know, yeah, room in the house. I was a musician. I was playing drums in bands, and you know, gigging around LA quite a bit for a few years. And okay, I'll, I'll reserve comment. I'm an audio engineer. You know what's that? I say I'm an audio engineer, so you you know where where the joke can go. Right. I I love the Tascam. You know, that was like all the uh, the tape players. You know, yeah, you used to go down yeah. by the tunes tape at Tascam. I think in City of Commerce, just you know, yeah, Pico Rivera, South LA. Oh, well, we're actually we're actually recording through a Tascam Mixcast Four audio interface oh, cool. that they designed for podcasting. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, I mean they're 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 sort of like that blue ribbon uh, sort of provider for recording and yeah. and all that. So um, yeah, so I was playing drums and bands. I you know. Um, I could paint, I could draw, I could write stories. So I, I created something actually way before then that I ended up optioning to MTV for an animated series. And then we just made a bunch of toys of it, you know, and just shot in the dark just to do it and found a Chinese supplier. And this, this was a long time ago, like 2000, maybe 2000. And um, sold a bunch of toys to like Tower Records and Urban Outfitters. And so I kind of got in the toy game by that, by kind of accident. Okay. So I got to uh, ask, what was the series? Uh, they were called Mullet Heads, or these characters had mullets. <laughs> I, I watched Mullet Heads. <laughs> how, how can I not living here in the South? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah, Florida. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, was, it was talked about around work. It's like, okay, I'm going to watch it. It, it stuck. I mean, it was one of those show, few animated shows off MTV that I would watch. <laughs> nice. Actually, no, ours never even got to air, though. We sold it to development, and this this was like a this was kind of a shaky time at MTV. It was it was I had a show there. Uh, my buddy Jimmy Hayward, who did uh, Horton Hears a Who, yeah, he had his show there that was really funny hilarious sort of kind of like Abbott Costello, like animated series. That was cool. Um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, you, uh, I, you guys, I'm guessing all this is star Wars themes. So you guys probably know those guys cause they were on yeah. as like the, uh, Han Solo origin story project for a while before yeah, Ron yeah, Howard yeah. Over. Um, they had a, great, oh, yes. right. They had a great series there called clone high. Uh, I, we were really yeah. pretty pretty good friends with those guys back then. And, you know, we were kind of trading notes back and forth. And uh, Ahmed Zappa had a funny show there, um, like a 70s, like stoner, you know, van show that was kind of funny. Um, but we were all, we were all, they had like a really cool pool of talent. Some of these guys kind of broke out and did some cool things. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, you know, they did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and a yep. bunch of really cool stuff that um, oh, yeah. got them a lot of acclaim. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of this, like, like kind of laboratory of a bunch of punks in around MTV. But at that point, MTV was kind of getting away from anything that had a lot of labor to it. Animation has a lot of labor to it. It's just tough, right? Right. And that was kind of the time where, you know, 
Viva La Bam was kind of phasing out. Um, some of the like Tom Green show was kind of phasing out. Yeah, and yeah. It, it just be, you know, MTV became 16 and pregnant, and that was it. <laughs> In road world, you know, road rules and real world and all that stuff. Right. <laughs> But we we never got it up to air. It was a very cool <laughs> pilot scripts were hilarious. Uh, I actually thought, you know, I'd start in TV on sort of this like that creative pivot of you know writing and creating shows, and then um, yeah, the re- the return yeah, of Liquid Blue, which was great. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Liquid Television or Liquid Television. Yeah, I mean Aeon Aeon Flux, the Max. Oh, it was brilliant. And a lot of the Spike Decker stuff from Spike and Mike, Sick and Twisted, did all that stuff. We were friends with Spike Decker back then, too. But, um, yeah, and then in 2009, I decided to just kind of work with some some people I knew around L.A. to do these sort of, like, limited edition art vinyl projects that were local artists I was friends with. And Little Subjects really started from that genesis. Attracted some eyes in licensing. Our first real kind of break was Hasbro um, licensed out Transformers and G.I. Joe, My Little Pony to us. And that kind of got us into like a wider, well, give us a wider um, audience, you know. Um, Still niche, like we're making the stylized figurines, action vinyls, the ones you called out for Toink. And, um, but it was, you know, it was a little bit more easily digestible than, you know, like a buff monster, eight inch, $200 vinyl toy that unless you knew buff, you know, or you didn't know him, you know, you, you, it would kind of not cross your path, but right. like transformers crossed a lot of people's paths. Right. And then, so that kind of, that kind of got us going with hot topic and some of these other stores and, and, you know, then we've just been building, you know, 8 million products sold later. That's kind of where we're at. Well, it, we were asked before show uh, by Jamie, y'all's PR person, uh, who we love Jamie. Yeah, she's a rock star. Um, if we knew of Loyal Subject, and I, I said, for me, Derek was giddy as a little schoolgirl. He knew. I'm like, <laughs> he's, pretty, I, he's pretty stoic. I don't see him. <laughs> <laughs> um, f- for me, I, I was completely. I'm holding it back. <laughs> <laughs> I was completely una- unaware of the company until I got the first press release or not first pre- uh, got her asking about having you guys on. And then I'm looking at the website and realized y'all did a piece that I thought was originally playmates oh, cool. of the turtles that actually isn't. And it's a piece I absolutely love. That's and awesome. that, and that's the, the mutant Ninja turtles battle damage set four pack that comes in the pizza box uh that was killer i mean our our design team the guys on the packaging team crushed that uh one of our senior designers he he came up with that concept of the pizza box with the stain on the inside of the of the front flap like it's like an oil stain from pizza and the teenage mutant ninja turtle logos or logo there's tons of easter eggs on that thing it's really really cool but yeah it's well, um, we, you we, know, we, got, we got a really good creative team here. Well, we, we had gotten from Playmates um, back when they did the original, did the their figures in the black and white for New Comic Book Day. I'm like, oh, so then I saw this set on Walmart. I'm like, oh, so Playmates did another one. Cool. So I really <laughs> cool. love that black and white look. And then I never, I never 
I think I looked at Walmart and it said loyal subjects and it and just never clicked with me for whatever reason. Cause I'm still thinking playmates. Sure. Uh, Cause you know, at, around that time we, we were, we had just interviewed people from, from playmates, uh, the, the turtles team, sure. but I love the black and white set because it, for me, it's a throwback to the original comics and I love it. And, and, and just absolutely fell in love with that set. And then I, I look over and I see the midnight set. I'm like, all right, these are just as awesome. Cause it, it, again, they're all monotone. You know, you don't get the individual color of the turtles themselves. You have to rely on the weapons to know who's who. And of course the belt buckle. Sure. But, it, but I love that. Absolutely. have. Yeah, that's that's that cool. I mean, that's that's all we're trying to hit the story beats that are these forty years. You know, you know it's going to be forty years of of teenage being ninja turtles. You Don't know. remind me. Totally, <laughs> <laughs> we're all getting older, right? Uh, you know, obviously, yeah. what what you know, uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird did, yeah. which is incredible. He just turned on a lot of people. Underground comic that was hilarious and sarcastic and edgy. And people bought into that. It was like, you know, not, it wasn't your mainstream comic. It was something totally more edgy and cool and cool folks, cool folks like that. You know, the guys that really were digging in the comic books, like those guys remind me of the guys who were like at the indie record shops looking Uh for new bands. Right. And, um, you go from that to playmates who, you know, have such a huge hand in creating all of it. Right. From the animated series, in the eighties to, you know, that toy line that was just a juggernaut yeah. and it continues to be a juggernaut. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, for the little subjects, we try to play in that sandbox of just, you know, we're a custodian of this license where, you know, we got this, this license for a period of time. And our only goal is to tell the story in a genuine way that we hit those beats that you react. Right. Cause you guys, you guys have, or, you know, anybody that follows turtles has, I mean, you know, a list of a hundred memories that are like just, you know, are super warm feels. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and you guys are very authentic, so you know what you want out of that experience. I think it was your your. Uh, I think it was the turtles. Some of the turtle stuff that first is how I first discovered you guys. That's cool. You know, the turtle fans when we first got turtles, and that was like seven years ago when we first started playing with turtles um, in that Nickelodeon sandbox. Uh, it was, it was, right. it amazed me how powerful that audience was, like, and how mm-hmm. tapped into that audience, you know, tapped in the that consumer audience was to TMNT, and they found things, mm-hmm. they found anything TMNT because we. We were really kind of like a subversive brand at that point. Yeah. You know, we weren't really the mainstream brand, <laughs> more like a topic brand. Um, you know, Toys R Us, and then we started getting into Walmart, and that kind of changed things. But um, yeah, is you guys, you guys have like eagle eyes for for these things that turn you guys on, and that you know, sort of enhance your hobby and make it fun. Yeah. Well, it's gotten to a point for me because there's just so much out there anymore um i i have to be finicky about what i'm collecting um like with star wars astromechs yeah it's a guaranteed purchase (laughs) wookies guaranteed purchase anything related to dr afra which is a new character that's come out since marvel got the rights back to to the comics sure purchase uh 
anything tied to Galaxy's Edge or the Star Cruiser with Disney on that grab because that's where I work. I work at Walt Disney World. Um, so Star Wars with that, that was the mud. <laughs> I got mine sleeping right beside me right now. Um, He's like, Daddy, Daddy, unwrap those tacos. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even even with Marvel now, I mean, there, there's a few minor characters I'll pick up in the store. Um, but there's a set out of Marvel Legends figures that are based around Cosmic Rewind, the new roller coaster that opened at Epcot. That's on my wish list because it's related to, to Disney and work. That's cool. Yeah, so, it's, I think it's inf- important for all those brands to kind of hit the story beats and, you know, okay. where you have that emotional connection and offer that up. You know, I, I made the argument that right now, you know, everybody says 82 to 86 was the golden age of action <laughs> figures. If yeah. I think it's now. I think you got brands like Little Subjects, you uh-huh. got brands like Super 7, NECA, you know, you still got Kid Robot uh, throwing stuff together. Yeah. You got, you know, Hasbro's just going nuts. Mattel's going nuts. You know, it, Spin's going nuts. McFarland's going nuts. Bandai America's going nuts. You have all these brands, like, really bringing something to, yeah. to the marketplace. And so and it all sort of cohabitates. It's, you know, really? I, I know sometimes collectors think of these brands like soccer teams, like I have to like this one, but I can't like this one. Da, da, da. But the reality, <laughs> right. But the reality is all these, yeah, right. Being this sort of this huge, great option to fans, people that want to have fun, people that want a, a cool experience and people that fa- find the power and play and toy, you know, yeah. I think right now is, the golden age because you're getting so much cool stuff from so many cool brands. Well, I hate to bring up a competitor, but Hasbro has definitely outside the Astromax and Wookiees figure wise, they have drawn my heart again with the retro line. They're good. They're good. They know how to hit those, those beats, you know, they can really hit those emotional beats and, and that's what they, that's what they've done. So, man, you know, to see the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan TV shows with red, with figures that looked like what we had as kids. Totally. Sold. Done. It's, that was me. Oh, totally. It's comfort food. And especially like yeah. right now, it's, you know, the world's a heavy place, right? So, yep. you know, you got all sorts of things happening externally. Yep. So this is a great place to retreat. This is a great place to be like, screw that here's here's my world in this moment this is my this is what gives me that endorphin yeah you know that joy that endorphin right. play, that sort of joy this is what it this is where i feel good and actually climbing back to those to those memories is a great place to go like when you're you know 19 christmas 1983 yep. 84 we're waiting in line with your dad at 1980 for empire strikes back or something if you could get into that time machine that's awesome. There's a lot of power to that. And, you know, some of these brands are extraordinary uh, engineering that that time machine, right? Yep. Um, we try to do it, too, just by through story, just by telling, uh, trying to tell the germane story of, of, of that particular property. See, but, uh, that's one of the yeah, things I, I think they're masterful at it. That's one of the things I love about the, uh, the turtle stuff you have is it's a nod to the comics and the, the original um 84 series right and we try to draw that through line all the way out so it's like you know we're 
we have a Casey Jones that has a skull face like the tw- yep. to nod to the 2012. So, you know, we keep drawing these lines forward and out. You know, now we're doing some uh, Matias Santaluco style Ooh. figures are, okay. are just killer. Like this stuff is going to blow your freaking mind when you start seeing this stuff. Um, but that's we we want to be that entire timeline at Turtles. That's what we're trying to do, and just sprinkle offerings through that timeline. Yeah, that's that's the goal. I love that. You know, so you get a piece of everything that you dug along the way. Well, for me, the the unless it's a set like the the battle damage set, where it's all of them. There's only two two characters from the Turtle group that I I really collect and that's uh well three. It's Rocksteady and Bebop, obviously. And and Michael An- and Michelangelo for obvious reasons. Because that's you know, that's me with the name Michael. Raphael is better, but that's that's my opinion. Hey, we we've interviewed Raphael. The original Raphael. We've interviewed Rob yes, we have. Rob Thomas. Or uh, Rob Thomas <laughs> Rob Thomas, yeah, no. Rob Paulson. Rob Paulson, yes. Who is who? When the show came back, it was Seth Green, who I know from high school, um, was Roth, and um, and I believe Rob played Donatello mm-hmm. in that one. Yep. Zoe, my daughter Zoe likes Donatello because well, he wears purple, and that's her favorite color. That's cool. The, the color of royalty. Yeah, it, you know what? And he's the smart, ingenious, measured. Yeah, you know, yeah, the inventor. Yeah, and it was good how it's good how they pulled all those personalities out, and I think Playmates had did a good job when they were building some of the animation or writing those scripts of like really defining. You know, Roth is the hot head. Well, you know, Eastman really did that, but they just carried it forward. You know, and then three colored bandanas to really Mm -hmm. separate them, but um. But yeah, Roth is the hothead, Leo's the leader, Michelangelo is the free loving cool dude, and then you know, Donatello's the analytical, yep. you know, problem solver. Yep. It's so, like all of our friendships, right? Yeah. <laughs> we all exactly. have guys in there. So, but no, definitely um I'm looking at the AXN stuff that y'all do for turtles and absolutely love it. I mean, I I do have my favorite pieces uh, of what's on the site. I'll give you a hint on like, so it's, it's the act or the sort of like enunciation of it. It says best action. So BST AXN best action. Oh, okay. And the logo, if you look mm-hmm. at the logo, it's a crown. Look at the two eyes and then the best action logo. It's a kid bringing the, the figure to the cashier. And it's just his two little eyes wearing the crown because he's the collector king. That's what the logo is. It's he's bringing oh. the best action to the cashier to purchase. Oh, that is wow. so cool. I love that I Easter egg. That. Yeah. So how did you how did you come up with the name Loyal Subjects? Um, it was it was a long time ago when I I tried to do a business venture. It just it, it was just like the partnership wasn't good. It was just kind of rocky. Didn't work out. Mm. And I wrote a letter to my friends and I titled The Loyal Subjects. And the idea was that um, that I was loyal to them. They're loyal to me, you know, in these, in these times of need that we all need each other to help each other out. So we, it was more, it was more a, a name that was tying our friendship together. I love that. 
right? So it's, and then when I, I thought it would be a cool name for a company, and I didn't necessarily want to write, I didn't want to create the little subjects toys because I didn't really just want to be locked into toys. You know, it's, I still write right. all sorts of different things. So I thought, you know, the little subjects could be multifaceted entertainment, collectibles, toys, you know, sort of all sorts of things. And then it's, again, the spirit of it being about friendship and community and, and having each other's back. And that's that's really what the name means. Well, it, it kind of fits, too, because the, the people who are going to buy your product are going to be people who are loyal subjects to that franchise as well. For sure. I mean, and that's that's it. You know, a lot of these brands, all of us take way too much credit for, for the stuff. Like, uh, you know... I, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The credit goes to Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it goes to, we're just, you know, we're just trying to make a really cool, fun product that that comes to life, right? The, I always call it the Indian in the cupboard. How do we take what they did on the page and bring it to life and where it feels visceral and and fun and unique and engaging? It's, you know, where you, the totem has energy, right? right. But, um yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, the toy companies probably get a little too much credit, but it's, you know, the credit, the credit really <laughs> the creators. And then hopefully we do our job right. And then that turns you guys on yeah. because it's a reflection of what the creators created, you know? So um, I just want to uh, straighten out, I guess, a little bit of my own confusion. Y'all got the, the turtle license because there was an opening within the license that Playmates didn't have it? Or was it a, a yeah, licensing license, deal? Licensing's complex. I mean, the, we had a history, too. You know, we had a history of, of doing licensed products. And we service a part of retail that, you know, sometimes it's not a solution for some other brands. or Those are the big brands. Let's call them the master license source, right? Or licensees, the guys that, you know, have eight to 14 feet at Walmart during these or in target during these big pig out right. years. Right. Um, and do 500 to 800 million dollars in sales. Those guys, those guys are beasts and they're so good at what they do. But in these interim periods, like sort of, sort of these like, like down periods, you know, guys like us, super seven NECA and some of these guys could come in and start really kind of priming the pump, right. Getting that sort of appetite back and then it's it's all we're we're all kind of the guinea pigs for for those big guys to come in and just like wham, but we all offer, <laughs> we all offer something different, you know. We we do we do different treatments. There are certain creative fingerprints on some of the product. They they do differentiate, um, and it's fun and it's cool, and so it's kind of like a halo effect. You know, it's like kind of a high level effect to bring that brand up into that cool sphere and then that buzz really kind of kept carries over and then you know guys guys like playmates get it get it really big in the boys toys and inside that like you know the that core demo that that eight you know i would say really six to six to ten is like they hit it hard there it's just that turtles has such a dynamic audience yeah. almost like hello kitty right that it's not just six to ten; it's also fifty. <laughs> like it's different things, right? It, it, it's it's six. Right? It's six to eighty. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but guy, but guys like us, we usually, you know, we usually 
cater to that that older collector so we put like more detail in maybe there's more stuff in the box you know it feels collectible and that's that's kind of our magic it's it's not so much beat them up johnny in the backyard just you know pvc skeleton with you know you're just gonna pound it in the sand pit you know we we got some nice little deco treatments and some cool things yeah. like you know, sometimes I call us like Tamashi like because we have all those grips with, you know, even the yeah. wrists have like hinges in them. I mean, they're really detailed. They're crazy detailed for for definitely for the price that we sell them at. But um, yeah, there, oh, yeah. There's, there's sort of room for for a certain certain amount of guys to play in that. And then other guys specialize in things like Jada. You guys had Jada on yep. They're Jada just they crush it in diecast. You know, that's they're mm. like they're crushing it in that in that category and then the little subjects is really good with action figures and collectibles you know NECA is really good in in um all those making this sort of like germane really kind of turning those hardcore guys on you know super seven is, is kind of they got a cool guy thing going too that's that's really cool and added yeah, their their reaction so the reaction line is yeah so really awesome all added, oh, yeah. yeah you know and so we all those guys have in all those guys that I just mentioned have a history with the licensors too. So there's, they're trusted to do their job. So we're one of the, we're one of the guys that's trusted to do that job. And, um, you know, and, but playmates is really synonymous with turtles. That's, that is something they really created. They created the toy, right? Well, I, I think that's one of the things that I loved about uh, the Battle Damage set is, like I said, it it, it looks very similar to their black and white uh, free comic book day set they released a few years ago. Um, I want to say it was pre-pandemic. Um, it was 2019, I think. Um, with y'all, like I said, at, at first I thought it was, it was the same until they said, no, it's not the that's not us but I, the thing that drew me is it's still black and white a little variation of what it was in the comics but the only red was the masks just like with playmates with their set and and the actual battle damage was red it's like Damn. okay I'm, because that was the only other color in the original comics that they used was red for for the blood and the battle damage yeah, and that was and so this awesome. My, this is my guess, and I've never verified it, but you know, uh, the comic was kind of like a zine. So I'm guessing they didn't have a lot of money, yeah. and so they went to print. They could afford three colors, right? Yeah. So, so that yeah, it was it was um, because they were self self publishing and everything. They were very limited in budget and everything. That's that's right. why they went with black and white and. And the and occasional it kind of works for for what it was too. Totally, the ha- the halftone thing is cool. You know, that's super cool. That that sort of monochromatic halftone, and then they got the one color that they uh, the one color that they could pay for, which is that like red thirty two look. Yep. And it's like, mm-hmm. heck yeah, man! Because they're ninjas that fight, and you want something that looks like blood, but might as well, you know, put that on the mask too. Um, yeah. So, so we try to tell that story again with the products, you know, to try to mirror that story. What's one license you, you would love to get into? Either, um, either you've been trying and, it, and it's just it, it hasn't been successful yet, or one that is a a future thought of I would, I would love to try and get into this. 
Yeah, I mean, we've touched so many. We've done a lot of really cool things. Um, there's there's a couple that we're working on right now. Hopefully, they go through. But if if they do, we'll do we'll jump back on and I'll tell you what they are. And you guys are going to lose your mind. Um, Perfect. Anytime. Hey, hey, hey. Anytime. One of them's like a holy grail one, but um, the oh. I mean, I've never worked on Star Wars. I think that would be cool. I mean, it would be fun to make a Darth Vader toy. I think that's awesome. But, uh, you know, we also like making our own stuff. We come up with our own lines all the time. So that's always fun for us, too, because it's we are storytellers and creatives. Um, but doing a, doing a badass Star Wars line would be killer. Yeah, it would. That would love to see what you guys could do. What's that? I said I would love to see what you guys could do with, with yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, man, we would just go nuts because, you know, we understand. We understand that story so well, you know. So, you know, we dig into right. all the stories. Any any license we get, we re, you know, we really dig into that story and the history of the story and and what those key beats are that will turn people on. But you know, I mean, I was born in seventy four, so of course I know Star Wars. Hey, too. <laughs> right. Well, even even right now, I was born in seventy four as well. Nice. Even if you were able to get a small yeah. snippet of Star Wars, imagine what y'all could do with like Star Wars Visions. Yeah, man. I with mean, that that's series. the whole thing. Yeah, it's it would be awesome. It'd be cool. So yeah, that would be one out circle of like, hey, let's figure that out. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of licenses and, and such, you have uh, some very interesting ones. The turtles, of course. Um, you have some. Music acts such as Kiss, uh, Angus Young, I love that one, Ozzy and such, and, and a few other interesting licenses. So how do you, how do you go about deciding on what licenses to pursue in 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 everything? Probably the wrong way, you know. It's like you know, I know jazz, <laughs> I know jazz wears is really data driven. You know, they're looking at like what are your top five shows for kids, and they they're like super super data driven on on how they. It's all about MPD data or, you know, what, you know, trending or high viewership. Their, their sole focus is on that. And there's a lot of people are like, there's a lot of other companies like that. We are complete morons. We do what we like. <laughs> so, but doesn't mean everything. <laughs> you know, it's just by intuition, really. I mean, um, when we start doing the music, we want to do sort of icons that were almost like comic book characters, right? Because that does fit with that that action figure mm. crowd. Not not every musician's the same. It's like you know, not every guy's looking even, you know, for for the George Harrison doll or action figure. But Kiss, you know, when we got Kiss, someone threw a question at at me. It was like, you know, you know, how come you guys went and got Kiss? And I was like, well, I had to ask the question. Does a Kiss fan need another Kiss action figure? And the answer was yes. Because <laughs> Kiss fans, of course they do. <laughs> right? So it's like, okay, cool. There's room for us. Let's let's do it. And it's fun. Let's. I mean, doing like you know, having a Gene Simmons, or, or I mean, the Demon, because they're we don't have the rights to Gene Simmons. We have the rights to the characters. Demon, Star Child, Catman, and um, and all right, Man. right. But because they're characters, they own the characters. <laughs> the people are different, their own individual people. But um, it was cool playing in that with all that sort of iconography because it's, you know, they're one of the yeah. most famous rock bands ever walked planet Earth. 
And then Ozzy's just cool because I, I love Ozzy. I mm. think, and I'm a big Black Sabbath guy. I think that's awesome. Huge ACDC guy. Angus Young is like one of my all-time guitar heroes ever. Um, oh, yeah. You know, Slash. Slash is L.A. He went, you know. Oh, Yeah. Grew up off Fairfax right here, you know, was, oh, cool. was best friends with Flea growing up. And so, oh, Chili Peppers would be cool. Yeah. So, like, that yeah. was a nod. I used to live in that Fairfax area for a long time. Okay. And then the Guns N' Roses house was just around the corner from my house where they started on Fuller. In- oh, wow. And so I was, um, I think it was Fuller, Fuller Fountain. They're, they're like old craftsmen over there. And and they were like in this weird rehearsal space where there's there's this like restaurant called the Moon of Tunis right next to Guitar Center on the Sunset Strip. Um, so and that was my neighborhood. So I wanted to I wanted to also kind of give a nod to folks that had created some lore in the neighborhood I lived in. And so Slash was was definitely the guy, you know, without right. a doubt. Other guys were guys from No Effects. I went to Fairfax High, and then. Obviously, the Peppers went there as well. Um, But uh, yeah, Angus was a trip because him and his wife would weigh in on it. Like, they were like, does this look like me? You know, like, he was like, he was vocal. (laughs) So was Slash. Slash was very vocal about his his likeness. And and all of her approvals from Ozzy were coming from Sharon. Oh, wow. That's yeah, cool. she was signing off on all of it. So knowing that it was them that were looking at it was awesome. That was so yeah. cool. Yeah, it was cool. So, see, yeah. I can think of two other groups I would add to the rock list. Def Leppard. Yeah, Rick lives in, he lives in Newport Coast down in South Orange County, pretty close to where I grew up. Um, I, I, used to, I used to know Phil Collins' wife. I dated like her best friend. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that, yeah, that, that's uh, yeah, there a lot of those guys are in LA actually. I think Phil lives in LA and then and Rick lives in Newport Coast. I mean, I'm talking like I know them personally, Rick. I don't know him at all, but <laughs> we all kind of know them, right? Because oh, yeah. we grew up with their records. <laughs> well, the, the other group, the other group I, yeah. I'm thinking of only because I I know one of the the members of Riley's LA Guns, but LA Guns. Oh, cool! Yeah, no, um, LA oh, Guns, wow. of course. Uh, Tracy Guns, man. He's yep. Tracy Guns is a he lives in Amsterdam now. Okay, well, yeah, he, he um, moved to Amsterdam. He's one of the best guitarists. Yeah, LA guitarists, like yep. period. I mean, he's a ripper. Um, with Riley's LA guns, because that's how everything got settled with the settlement yeah. from the lawsuit. Um, yeah. the Kurt Froelich, yes, Kurt Froelich, uh, guitar player. And I think maybe lead singer for the group yeah. or, or one of the main singers, uh, lives here in the Orlando area and oh, has, cool. has involved with a bunch of groups here in Orlando. And yeah, he, he's to- a, he's a great cat too. Totally. You go up to Northern Florida, you got a lot of people. You got, you know, Almond Brothers, you got Tom Petty, you got Leonard Skinner. I mean, Florida, Northern Florida birthed a lot of bands. Yep. I mean, everybody associates the Almond Brothers with Georgia, but they're actually from Northern Florida. Yep. Yep. Hmm. So, yeah. So music is still is a fun place for us to play just because you know we're big time music fans i mean we're again we're fans of what we do we're actually fans of it we it is not only is our goal to turn you guys on but it also turns us on we dig it you know (laughs) 
Now, That's I, awesome, yeah. I'm seeing the WWE stuff. How much legend legends are you allowed to touch on with WWE? Well, we wrapped up that contract, so we're no longer doing it. But it was Never cool. Mind it was fun. You know what's one of the coolest things about WWE? They'd give us tickets to WrestleMania each year. Oh wow. And that was that was cool because we were like in different cities. So right. I think there's one in Orlando. But um the one in New Orleans was so fun, man. Oh, that was again huge music fan. So my partner and I just like cruised around the uh, you know beyond the French Quarter and yeah. like just hung out these little jazz clubs. That was so fun. Yeah. But that was, you know, that was courtesy of WWE that got us out there. Um, when, and they're good people. So the guys we worked with on the licensing uh, part were, they're were really good people. A lot of them have moved on to different um, studios. My wife and I uh, did our honeymoon uh, first part was in New Orleans, and we stayed at the Maison Dupree on Toulouse. Oh, that's cool, man. And as we walked Toulouse, heading towards um, towards Jackson Square area, uh, we had, is, it was a bar. As you're walking towards the river, it's on the left. It was like the first building after you pass Bourbon Street. This is white building at the time. They had the huge shutter window door or windows open. I was like, wow, that voice sounds familiar. So we'll see a lot of people standing and listening to the music as well. I was like, I really recognize this this these voices. What in the world? Poked my head into the window. On one side was um Harry Connick Jr. The other side was Harry no Connick way. Senior. Just sitting there no playing way. piano. It was That's so awesome. Epic, man. That was it was it was like okay, I can't get any better than this. That's that's pretty high. That's epic. I would I would have loved to seen that. Um, that's a cool story. New Orleans is is kind of a magical place, right? Like yep. you can feel the you can feel the energy there. It's just got this magic. Well, my brother and I saw REM retire one of their pseudo names um, at a bar in New Orleans once. Oh, that's cool. So I was like. I- Last performance of so I was like, I got a funny, I got familiar. funny REM stories if you want them. Oh, look. <laughs> REM in the day, I really enjoyed until uh, Stipe just really, I, I feel kind of went beyond the music a little Take bit. It. When when you start to get, I don't I don't mind when a musician gets political, but he, when he he was he was almost going too far for for my liking. It's like, dude, put it in the put, put it in the songs. Don't don't talk about it. Sure, sure. Person. Uh, yeah, you, actually, I know that I know people in and around that camp pretty well. Um, you know, I've I've had a really funny 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 night with Mike Mills before, like a hilarious night. Um, See, I, I, I still, I still love the group. Another story, another podcast, but, but, but yeah, I actually just saw him play last <laughs> week. Yeah. He was a um, big star of this band from Memphis. Okay. You know, this, this guy, Alex Chilton, amazing songwriter, the replacement song or the replacements wrote a song about him, Alex Chilton. Um, right, right, he was right. the singer and songwriter, of this, this great band called big star that, sort of didn't make it completely failed, but became like a underground hit. And most people kind of swear by this band. They're, they're so genius, just absolute melodic geniuses. And, um, Alex Chilton really became famous because he sang that song. Um, you know, my baby wrote me a letter and yep. he did that when he was 16. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he started this great band in the seventies and, um, they really just influenced a lot of bands, including REM and a bunch of other bands. But, they did this tribute show in Glendale, just down down the way, 
this beautiful oh. old sort of theater, this 1940s theater called the Alex Theater, 1920s, I think, is when it went up. And it's kind of like renovated, really beautiful, great sound system in there. And the original drummer, Big Star, played, they played this one record called uh, Big Star Number One Record. That was their first record. And they played some hits from their, they, they did three records. And so they played some hits from these other records. And Mike Mills, Susanna Haas, um, the guitar player, not Nels Klein, but the other guitar player for Wilco. um, John Auer from the Posies. And then a bunch of guys from the DBs, which is this great roots band, roots rock band. Um, They all, they all played. And it was incredible. Actually, Mike, Mike Mills sang a couple songs just absolutely crushed it there's a song by big star called september girls look mm-hmm. it up we can get a chance on itunes it's such ear candy and he sang that song and he absolutely crushed it this was about a week ago now, now don't get me wrong i i still love rem's music um yeah you don't like you you, you got, got it, turned it, off on a political grandstanding that you yeah, like it, that. It's, yeah it's yeah it's like okay they're in the news and it's not music related it's Michael, not music related. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, next story, but when's the new album coming out? When, when yeah, are y'all turning it? That I I could go all day. And then my parents, um, up until my dad died, uh, they, uh, my dad lived out his last several years uh, with my mom in Statham, Georgia, Georgia. And then when my dad died, my mom moved into closer into town to Athens. Cool. And cool I, I got to, I got to, when we were there, I got to meet some people they knew who actually had some connections with REM and B-52s back when they were all starting up. Dude, that's awesome. It's like, oh, this that's is so great. sweet. Because that was all right there great. in Athens. That's super cool. That's awesome. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I still want to hit that recording studio. Check it out one day. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because it, that studio is gold. So much of has come out of there. For sure. Absolutely, man. Um, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I've I've met I've met all the guys in that band. You know, they're yeah. they're all super sweet. You know, uh a good friend of mine that I used to play in a band with, um, he was actually Ryan Adams producer and he was actually he was in Ryan Adams touring band for a while. Um me and him had a band together. He was a lead engineer on about three REM records. And so he had a birthday party in LA and, and Stipe showed up and it was, he was a cool guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah. I think if you did figures of REM around the time of uh, either document or green, yeah, the so iconic, right. their iconic looks from then would be superb. Totally. Orange Crash, man. That's a great song. Yeah. That's on green. Yeah. Killer song. Um, the, the Jewish summer camp I worked at, uh, the first year I was a, I, I went back to the, I, I had been there as a, a camper. Um, but the first time I went back as a staff member, one of my campers, his dad was Steve Winwood's keyboard player. Damn. The, yeah, one of the best, one of the best voices in the world. Yeah. Man. He was like, like 16 yeah. when he sang that song from the Spencer Davis uh, yeah. group. I told, I told my girlfriend, you know, when it comes on, I'm like, that is a 16 year old singing that she's like, how I'm like, you know, some people just got it. Yeah. And they just got it. They could, they could tap that. And he was able to, 
um, you know, he was able to tap that. Well, the the funny thing is, um, give me some loving, you know, that give yep. me some love, give me some the, love. They were, yeah, he, was, he was 16. He was 16 when he sang that. But the, the, <laughs> the keyboard player, they were from, uh, I want to say the Memphis area originally, um, cause the camp services, um, Louisiana, Tennessee, Mississippi, and, and parts of, I think, a little bit of Alabama as well. But when he was at, when I had him as my camper, um, he, they were living in Athens because that's where Steve was based out of, was the North Georgia area. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they were living in Athens. And, and I only know this because the rabbi who did my bar mitzvah and my confirmation was his rabbi. And they were, he was still using the same type of bar mitzvah training materials that I used many years earlier. Oh, trip out. With, with, at this new temple. I'm like, I know, I'm like, wait, do you have rabbis? He goes, yeah. How do you know? I said the book. Your your book. I know. I know exactly what to do. Let's let's. When it comes time, when when we need to sit down to work on your your apartments for training, we're good. That's cool, man. So um, when he there returned home, he he uh, the kid told the rabbi, and the rabbi goes, "There's no one better who could have taught you what to do." <laughs> That's cool. Because he he knew it. So. So yeah, I I absolutely, um, but I I was I was a fan of REM long before. Uh, good friend of mine from my best friend from high school turned me on to REM, and of course you too. Which that's another one where the early years would be great great looks for figures. Yeah, yeah like yeah, like the Live Aid Sunday Bloody Sunday Bono look with the white flag. <laughs> I, I'm I'm thinking the Red Rocks Sunday Sunday Bloody totally. Sunday look. Their well, look know, from Red Rocks was amazing. Music like, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the music. they they're all the music videos of them from their performance at Red Rocks was amazing. It was amazing. He's like steaming because it's cold yeah. outside. Yeah, sweating. It's like all the steam's coming off of them. Yeah, that that live video of Sunday Bloody Sunday at Red Rocks was just killer. Yeah. Um, I remember it vividly as well. But yeah, it, music is weird though. It's like it's it's easier. You can go to a studio because they have their arms wrapped around it. They have a clear business expectation. It's yep. it's really they have a great consumer products group with them. It, they have the business model and the infrastructure to really support to support outbound licensing and getting products made. With artists, it's weird because it's like case by case by case, and it really goes into the person, right? So. Not everybody wants an action figure. We get that. Everybody, you know, it was like everybody's dream to have an action figure of them, right? <laughs> but yeah, not everybody wants to do it. And then sometimes the expectations is crazy. Like the like the minimum guarantees are just absolutely nuts. And you're like, you know, this isn't Spider Man. You know what I mean? Right. It's like you're putting a Spider Man action figure at Walmart. This is like much more kind of tailored down kind of idea. So. When we navigate license licenses for music, we usually navigate with musicians that really understand that world. Sometimes, sometimes like, because we, we get a lot of suggestions. Oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Sometimes, um, sometimes the artists just want to do it. But other times the expectations are so unreasonable. Like the dollars are just like, what? You know, like, you know, come to my hotel room with a suitcase of cash and I'll do it. It's like, uh, it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, yeah. 
I, I one question I've got uh, for sure, action figure wise, what about podcasters line? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. The the unsung heroes line. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I think I could think of two guys who would love to have their own action figures. Yeah, I'd love it, dude. I lo- yeah, yeah, right? I mean, that's, uh, but you can now with Hasbro, by the way. Oh, uh, have you seen? Yeah, stuff? that's true. Hey, have you seen the pictures of, of the stuff rolling in from that? I saw, I, you know, it's still it's still a new tech. I mean, it's the technology just it hasn't made that next step yet. You know, the... Right. My buddy was doing it in Orange County. He was doing this like 10 years ago, something really similar. Um, and it just, it's hard, man, because the technology is not there yet. It just isn't. It's its just shy of really kind of rasterizing and rendering it, and making it look real right. but the, the results I'm seeing are almost identical to when here at Walt Disney World, they were doing the put your head on a stormtrooper or on a X-wing pilot from sure. Star Wars weekends. It's it's almost like they just decided to bring that back. Yeah, it looks like a painted sugar cube. You yeah. know, like a sugar cube that has <laughs> Yeah, it, it's because in all honesty, I would have loved to have done it myself because um, I was thinking doing the X-wing pilot. And then as I was starting to see things come in, well, first when I saw him go, oh, well, it was going to be 60 bucks. Now it's 80 bucks. I'm like, okay, 80 bucks is now 60 bucks. I would have considered it 80 bucks. Uh, maybe not. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a one-off thing. So it can't and, be too cheap because and, it's, but yeah, no, I get it. And then I'm, I'm seeing the results and people are going, here's the picture of me and here's my figure and it's like way off i'm like yeah i'm glad i saved my money at the moment once it gets better i'll consider it the technology will get better at some point it's just it has to it's it's all topography you know it's 3d printing so it goes layer by layer Right. And then it's like it's it's sort of like inkjet spray that is it or later. I think it's all inkjet, I think. Um Hasbro actually does a lot of direct to surface printing in China. Like if you see the eyes, you'll see some of the uh half tones in the eyes. Yeah. You take like a magnifying glass and like really close. So they they're really working on getting that technology really up to snuff. So I would say they're they're one of the leaders. In, in pushing it. Right. Um, it'll be interesting where they take it. They could do it because they're like a twelve and a half billion dollar cap. They got the, the funds to do it, right? right? So it will it'll be interesting to see where they take it. But yeah. this is just the start. Like your house is gonna become a Jetson's house at some point where you just press a button and a spoon comes out. Yeah. That's what most of it's oh, gonna yeah. be. It's it's gonna be forks, spoons, combs, like toothbrushes. It's going to be mainly everyday items, like like your glasses. Maybe it's to replace the uh, rims or something. Oh, wow. I think that's the majority yeah. of what that technology is going to be used for. But there will be an entertainment side to it as well that yeah. is, it could be fine. You know? I'm still waiting for the TV from the Jetsons. Yeah, totally. Where I could walk around and, you know, if it's a football game, I have the option of being able to walk around the play to see. It's close. I know. Yeah, that minority report thing. Yeah. It's not that far off. I know. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, going back to the figure, I know um, I took my daughter and her best friend to Animal Kingdom today, Disney's Animal Kingdom. 
and we rode. I finally, Derek, you'll be happy to know, I finally was able to ride Flight of the Banshee. Oh, that's cool. Uh, oh, yeah. Or No, it's called Flight of Passage, uh, which is where you ride the Banshee. Um, ride the Banshee. And you, you come out, and in the <laughs> gift shop associated to the ride, they have where you could be 3D scanned, and they'll make you an avatar make you one oh, cool. either avatar yeah. or basically they they you could get a figure of you as a navi and i'm like okay this is right. cool and they had an area where you stand to get scanned but i i didn't only because we were in a rush to get somewhere else i didn't sit there to really look into just how detailed things are and just how accurate it could be and what all are they printing it there or is it shipped off to get printed sure. i don't know uh, but I heard that the that the process is uh, one hundred and twenty five dollars. It's, it's kind of more cool wow. than the dude with the caricature drawings and yeah. you know black ink, right? I mean, nothing against those guys because those guys are really talented. Like they really know how to draw those features out of people, and they do a really good job. But it's almost like the next evolution of that, right? You know, like all the people that sit for the caricatures at, at the theme parks. Here's one. It's like, yeah, you pop out of the ride. It's like, boom, cool. I'm a, you know, I'm I'm in Toy Story, right? I'm Buzz Lightyear. It's, I think that's cool. It, it just gives a closer connection to the park and a closer connection to that moment in time. So instead of like, you know, we used to have to carry cameras and our moms would take photos of us yep. on the Dumbo ride, and then they'd have to go process it, and it sits in those really high. <laughs> albums that are at home and all the glue starts delaminating and you know yep. that's yep. what we grew yeah. up with. yes it is right this new this new thing is like mm. okay well you know you're on the cars ride and here's you know you're the gas attendant to but uh to you know uh lightning mcqueen yep and it's like that's cool man i mean that's super super cool yeah where this has evolved to for what we grew up, yep. that is nuts. It's not perfect yet. And I get what you're saying. It's expensive and it's not perfect. But these guys will figure a way to make yeah. it perfect. I mean, yeah. once once it gets closer to look, yeah, I will seriously consider it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I, I will definitely say if I ever, you know, I, I got to be part of opening team of the, of the Star Cruiser uh, here at Disney World. And cool. I, I know what my I know what my costume was that I had to wear. It was basically just a navy jumpsuit. Well, if they ever came out with a Star Wars figure in the six inch line that was just a jumpsuit, I will go figure out how to get an airbrush, prime it, paint that jumpsuit the same color that I had to wear when I worked, and then I take the head off the selfie and put it on that. Then I have myself as my care as my <laughs> role from the Star Cruiser. Well, maybe maybe Hasbro and Disney are listening. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I used I used to know some good folks at Hasbro. Um, yeah, it's you know they they got it is it is a good company of I mean they have some really cool products for sure. Yeah. They always have you know. Yeah. I mean, I, we're fans for sure. Um, how often would a company like Hasbro now come to you guys and say, "Hey, we want." We want y'all to have a slice of this license. It depends if it's worthwhile for them, right? So it's like their their wins wins for Hasbro two hundred million and up, right? So things that are maybe twenty, thirty million dollars in sales, it's it's it probably costs 
more to motivate that through legal and all those other things. Well, not 20 or 30 million bucks, but you know what I mean? They have to right. put on CP guys, consumer product guys, review guys, submission guys, you know, contracts. <clears throat> so things that are kind of like in their vault that it's hard to get that big pull from, mm-hmm. they'll look to people like us for solutions you okay. know, that, you know, could get, we could make some nice money you know, like it, it could be profitable, but it, it also can recreate the statement, you know. If right. guys like us do our jobs really good, we end up getting the boot and they'll come in and just be like, okay, we're a toy company. We'll do it all. <laughs> um, since we're still on the topic of toys, holidays are coming up. What are y'all, yeah. what are y'all pushing as your big products for the holidays? We have this really fun um, turtle line in Target right now. We're calling the street turtles. You know, it's the device where the turtles go out in public and they throw on jackets and sunglasses. And yeah. All of a sudden, nobody realized that these green anthropomorphic figures are green anymore. They're just like humans walking around. <laughs> so we, we recreated that device um, and called the street the street style turtles. And they got like bomber jackets, Letterman jackets, you know, windbreakers. You know, 3D 50 style sunglass look, yeah, yeah, just yeah. like shades. And that's at Target right now. There's a bunch, there's some chase elements. It's really fun. Um, dropped a Black Panther uh, piece with Diamond Comics uh, oh, wow. just the other day. You'll see that like pop up oh, cool. at local comic book shops. It's, dude, it is sick. It's super sweet. Going um, Crane, we have the eight inch Crane with opens. You know, from the belly where you can yeah. bring out. That's 32 points. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's at through Diamond as well. Entertainment Earth, I think you can get it through Entertainment Earth as well. Okay. Um, we have a Wave 3 going into Walmart, which is Crane with Walker, Bebop Rocksteady. But we did 80s Bebop. It's a color version you haven't seen yet. And um, Casey Jones with Skull Face, that is hitting Walmart holiday okay so we got a lot of stuff oh sweet yeah there's there's a lot of stuff flying through retail right now that sweet. should be uh you know if you have a generous friend it could be a good christmas gift or if you're into self-love then you just buy it for yourself we always say tls is the action <laughs> figure and a slice of pizza at walmart it's the yeah. best self-date you could have well, I, I I know this guy Michael who really loves Michelangelo, so I may have to buy him a Michelangelo. That that's cool, man. So. I mean, that's that's <laughs> what it's about. You know, we we try not to break you guys' pocketbook. We won't. You know, the, these figures. I swear to gosh, you know, I would say if our competitors were doing what we're doing, they'd probably charge about forty dollars per unit for what we do. Yeah, they're we're, Hasbro's getting close to that now yeah, with their with the Black Series and Marvel Legends yeah, and like GI Joe Classified. Yeah. Yeah, so we yeah. All, we're being uh, yeah. I think I think your stuff is is very very well priced, very yeah. affordable. Yeah, and that's the whole point. We it's like you know we want to make sure it was the whole idea. If you walk in this for a twenty bucks, can you get something so freaking cool that you can't say no to? Like the experience right. matches the dollar. Yeah, and that's what we want. We don't want to give you higher, you know, more on experience, and then uh, make mm. you feel like. Shit, that was good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Now I'm talking about pizza. I'm hungry too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> well, oh, since we know you have tacos waiting. I know, man. I, I get it. Um, I'm sort of like salivating thinking about those. <laughs> Before I hit my final questions, Derek, you have any other questions? Because this man has tacos waiting. It's Southern California, um, man. It's in our blood, right? <laughs> uh, no questions, but I did just want to make uh, one statement about something I, I noticed while we were talking. That is, um, when I had when we had talked about licensing and stuff earlier, and and uh, you had talked about other company. Oh no, it's when I asked. I, uh, well, when you had talked about other companies and how they decide, they go through all these statistics and everything, and to find out what's the best sellers and everything to decide what to make. That's the smart then, one, by the way. <laughs> sure, sure. But you also later on said that what you guys do, which I think is is, is a great way to do it too, is you do stuff that you guys love, uh, stuff that you guys are fans of. So I think that that leads to some really great stuff that I think fans of those particular things really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's the age-old adage with writing. It's write what you know, you know, so so we know these things. Right. And we know how to, we know how they make us feel. And if we could translate how it makes us feel to, to you guys, then we got a good shot, you know. But you have to, you live with it for a long time of, you know, product development, designs, approvals, submissions, packaging, you know, all the uh, the stages of production um at the factory level and then you know launch at retail it that it's such a long time you live with the products that you really you really got to love it and you really got to know it you know because they're they especially be, you become your babies um even though you're just a custodian and it's not that we created it but we we have we have as much love in what we do on the product side as i'm, I'm sure the creators do with with their um, creations. I, I think it's it's a mutual love. So, where can people find the loyal subjects online? Ah, the the loyal That's our website. If there's anything that captures imagination, you can purchase it there. Um, follow us for the most up to date stories, or you know, uh, things that we got going on, and sneak peeks and, and, you know, fun sort of content, uh, Instagram and our handle is just the loyal subjects, Facebook. It's the loyal subjects co. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's where most of our activities at, uh, definitely check us out on Instagram and hopefully there's some entertaining content and some cool stuff that we have that, that you guys will get excited about. Definitely for sure. I know, uh, you do have some great stuff. I know being uh, on the website, I, I've gotten the excited. Best. I love you, man. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I will definitely say after perusing the website, there's quite a few things that uh, have gotten me very excited. So That's I cool. I, I mean, I hope it is that it's like a pop culture menagerie that, that you dig, you know? So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there's there's quite a few things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I got to give a big shout out to my team because the reality is, you know, there's hundreds of hands that work on the little subjects every single day from from the guys in the factory to our China team, to our engineers, to our design team, to our operations team, to our sales team, to the marketing team it is the loyal subjects is without a doubt the culture of we with so many contributors. I might just be the mascot because I started this thing. But <laughs> You know what I mean? I, it's, I I love our team. They're just so good at what they do. Very cool. 
Well, thank you again for joining us. Brother, thank you. It was an absolute blast. You know, thank you. And anytime you guys, you want to come back on or bring other people from Loyal Subjects on with you, we're more than happy to have y'all on. Oh, yeah, definitely. Would be epic and would be super fun. And yeah, we got, I mean, honestly, we got a lot of talented individuals that work at the company that have all sorts of different stories. So I want to make sure that we tell their stories as well. Um, That'd be great. But it'd be good. Yeah, we could even just get on and, and, you know, chat about music, man. (laughs) Uh, I think we could probably do that one time, too, because I don't think Derek and I have really sat down and and geeked out over music and and various stuff that that we love. Totally. I mean, it all it's I I know you're attracted to creativity and it all does combine the sounds, the shapes, the the colors, you know, the stories. It's it's all there. It's all part of the puzzle. It's. uh, Oh, yeah. Well, I've been in the entertainment business uh, since 1986 and I am 52 and I've. In February, I will hit 15 years, or not 15, I'll hit 25 years with Walt Disney World. That's awesome, So, all in entertainment. So, yeah, uh, it's just um, doing the podcast ended up being a great, great outlet. And uh, this show is next week, be 10 years old. Dude, way to go, man. Congrats. And Derek Derek will have been Uh with me seven years. Yeah. Seven of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way to go, guys. So, That's huge, man. That's a huge milestone. I mean, so way yeah. to go. That's awesome. Well, thank you. So, um, thank you. So, yeah, definitely. Anytime. Y'all, uh, you're welcome back. Your team's wel- welcome to join you. We, we'd love to chat. Um, and, and again, maybe we will have to bring you back on and just do a music show and just talk music. I, I, I'm totally down. I can wax poetic about music all day long. So that, I think that sounds like an idea for, <laughs> for, uh, for after the first of the year, okay, as we do a music show. How about it, Darren? Totally we haven't done that. That could be interesting. I, I think that'd be yeah. fun. So we, we were inspired ourselves by, by this episode on, on a new idea. But dude, count me in. You got I'm it. Totally down. You got it. <laughs> so, Until next time, I know this episode has left me going, I want to buy more. So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.